I bought a really pretty glass bong that was like recycled from a decanter and I posted a picture about my close friend's story and I found out that a lot of my close friends also smoke that I didn't know. So I think just being a little bit daring and letting your friends know on social media that you're into it might open some doors that other people you know might also be into it and you just don't know that. I'm your host, Meg. I'm Nick. And I'm Jess. We'll be exploring the social aspects of cannabis and how it brings people together, how it's played a role in our friendships and relationships, and how it creates a sense of belonging for each of us. And we'll talk about how to find your very own stoner friends. So light up a joint or pop a gummy and let's get hazy. All right. Welcome back to the Hazy Pod. The theme of our episode today is about cannabis connection and making friends through cannabis. Coworkers. And navigating conversations about cannabis with your partners, with your friends, things like that. The week that we're recording this, it was the week of the eclipse. I actually wanted to share something crazy with both of you. So my period is like clockwork. And this it, this might be TMI for the podcast. I'm like not editing that. But we're all friendly here. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I've ever been late is when I'm pregnant. Being pregnant is no longer a possibility. My husband is what do you call it? He had a vasectomy. Yes. So he had his vasectomy. What do you call it? That's what I'm like, you snip a cat. Like, they're still there. They didn't get snipped. They're, the tubes are tied. Just shooting blanks now. The tubes have been tied. So we know that I am not getting pregnant. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on with my period? And I'm getting like all these crazy like hormone side effects. Like I, I felt like very overly emotional the last two weeks, just literally waiting for my period to show up. And then what do I wake up to on the morning of the eclipse? Your period. My fucking period. Classic. Like my body literally knew to like. East releasing things no longer serve you. So your body took that very yeah, it's like, I can't get pregnant anymore. Fuck you. Here's like Here's your period. I've just been feeling really stuck this entire, like, two, like, the last two weeks. And it feels like now energy is moving again. So I'm grateful for the yeah. eclipses release because I feel like in many ways, kind of like pushing us forward into the next chapter. I guess the name of my game today, too, on this episode is like Googling stuff as we talk about it. And I just Googled it quick. I'm like, what does it mean? Period starts with the eclipse. <laughs> the first thing I read says there's no scientific evidence to suggest. And I'm like, nope. Fuck you. Close. <laughs> but yeah, we, it is Halloween. So we have our little Halloween, Halloween festivities <laughs> on. Yeah. Any excuse to wear a wig on any given day of the week? I am. Yeah. So now we wanted to chat a bit about how um, a name can hold a lot of meaning. We say we believe like, that gal is yeah. a gender neutral term here. <laughs> We're using that like, for everybody here. You know, while we all identify as females, we hope that this content will appeal to many walks of gender identity and life in general. None of us, I think, are heterosexual. Like we all fall. Oh, we we are spectrum. not straight. <laughs> yeah, we're not straight. None of us are straight here. Yeah. And so we are trying to appeal to a wide spectrum of like gender and sexuality. So whoever you are, whoever you love, you can be here as part of the Hazy Gal community. And honestly, gal is kind of funny the way that that term has like changed over time. It's a slang pronunciation of girl that has Dating back to 1795, originally it was pretty vulgar to say, which is funny because I think we're a little vulgar on this podcast. And if you don't like swearing, perhaps don't listen to this around your children. Or do. I mean, my or children do. are fine listening to it. <laughs> but it makes me think you say that and it makes me think of like bitch. Like, remember when right. bitch was like the worst thing you could be called? Now I'm like, how are my bitches doing? Yeah. How's your coffee? <laughs> like another gender <laughs> inclusive term. Yeah. I want to be a bitch. I was really getting on like an old... Um, J. Coltrane and then yes uh, wait when was this because I did too to amp up for the podcast because I always need to just like vibe on something up. ahead of time right and then it led to Kendrick and um, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe and yes. I still have 
I'm like one of those girls that still has such a hard time. Like I want to reclaim it so bad, but I'm still a 13 year old in the way that I'm like, oh, the B word. <laughs> Have you guys seen that? Uh, uh, God, what's what's their names? Yeah, dude. I know. Um, exactly what is horror films now? On it. Key and Peel. Key and Peel. Yeah. The skit where they're, where they're like, and then I said, and then he's like, you said what? And then he whispers bitch again because they're just too afraid to say bitch. It's interesting to see how like the C word has also sort of that travel. Oh, I love it. I love that. People, I feel like British people use the word cunt constantly, but Americans, <laughs> but we're hush hush about yeah. using that. It's like where bitch was 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. So. Have you guys listened to the new Doja Cat album? I've dabbled in it. So she has a I song called Wet Vagina. Banger of a song. So fucking good. When she says vagina, do I squeal a little bit and get a little uncomfortable? <laughs> yes. I don't know why, because like I'm just so used to like if we're nonchalantly talking about pussy, calling it pussy. Right. What is pussy but using like the scientific, like the vagina. the anatomical vagina. version is like, oh, I, yeah, I didn't seem like yeah. a 13 year old girl or like. Uh huh. It's that. funny how it seems nastier when she's like <laughs> biologically does. referring to it. And like nasty, I mean that in a good way too, not like Ew, gross, because yeah, yeah. I would never, yeah. Okay, do we want to dive into some of the modern ways that cannabis connects people and how we found friends in the cannabis spaces? Finding other moms that were smoking or consuming cannabis like during their pregnancy or even just like as a parent not pregnant. I just needed that type of connection when I was pregnant, especially because my last pregnancy was so difficult. I was like just really looking up like canna doulas or weed doulas like on Google, like just trying to find like did you any, anybody. I did. Yeah. So there's a couple of women on Instagram that I follow that are doulas or midwives and focus their content around like cannabis and like pregnancy usage and oh, for really? labor delivery. So as part of like building up my weed community or like my stoner friendly people, it's important for me to have that like in healthcare. And where do you think our listeners can find more stoner friends if they're looking for them? Does anybody know of if of any kind of friendly dating? Oh, I did use. Yeah, I sent one to. No, I sent it to both of you guys. Um, hi, the hi there app dating app. I I think it is. I actually haven't. I haven't started it. I haven't dug into it yet. Mm -hmm. When you're onboarding, you can fill out your profile and say like why you're there, and it could be. I forget if you can pick multiple or if it's just one that you choose to focus on. But I do remember like dating or romantic relationships being one of the options alongside just friendships information, articles. Yeah. My favorite way of finding like who in my circle is 420 friendly, at least like when I started consuming, is to reshare content yeah. that's about marijuana. Um, and the people that like interact with my stuff, you know, you start to kind of see who's cool yeah. with it. Who you know. Right. I, I think one of the first ways I did was I, I bought a really pretty glass bong that was like recycled from a, a decanter. And I posted a picture about my close friend story. And I found out that a lot of my close friends also smoke that I didn't know. So I think just being a little bit daring and letting your friends know on social media that you're into it might open some doors that other people you know might also be into it. And you just don't know that. Yeah. And I think for like every um, five judgy friends or family members that you drop, you will make one to three really rad, <laughs> yes. close, deep friendships. Definitely. Yeah. Some other ideas we came up with were like industry events. If you live in a state where there's a cannabis industry, 
go to events near you. About There's a Canada conference in Utah that Jess and I checked out a couple of times. Oh, yeah, it's true. It was fun. That was fun. Um, if you're lucky to live in a, in a state where there's cannabis cafes, you probably can meet people there. Yeah, like a smoking lounge. Yeah. I've seen those in, in California. Yeah, very cool. There was such a good gathering in Minneapolis, too, what, two weekends ago? And I forget yeah. what it was called. But I was really hoping to go and I was struggling so hard with the um, sinus infection. So I just like couldn't get out of the house. But I hope you all had fun. And at the Minneapolis convention, <laughs> it looked so fucking cool. And I'm really sad that I missed it. But till next year, I guess. I was going to say also when the Hi There app decides to sponsor us because we just mentioned them for free in episode two yeah. of our podcast. Then <laughs> we can have money to go to different conferences and check this stuff out. I love that. Um, we could do a live podcast yes. at these events. How cool. We also recently um, met another podcaster. On oh, the yeah. Okay. So this is such a good example of like weed and connection yeah. and like friends. I'll let you share the story, but I just thought that's a good example. So, yeah, well, there's this account that all three of us follow. And then the easy account that we all manage follows um, called Cannabis uh, School, right? Cannabis. Yeah, yep. Cannabis School Podcast. Yeah, Cannabis School mm-hmm. Podcast. And to be frank, I hadn't listened to their podcast before but I followed their social content and I always thought it was funny um and they reached out to us and they're like hey are you guys in Utah so we said two of our co-hosts are in Utah and then they said that we wouldn't believe it but they're also in Utah and I'm like no shit like yeah it is a very small world and again it kind of goes back to like Nick we were talking about social media like makes it so much more easy to like find your people find your stoner friends your community and that's probably more yeah. community in your area than you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's really cool that we only have one episode out. We're recording our second one right now. And somebody like I know social media is not everything, but it is. And it's a lot of like it's a lot of hard work is what I'm trying to say. And when you build like this guy has 60,000 followers, 70,000 followers on Instagram already. So thank you so much for being interested in what we're doing. And there's obviously some major parallels in it. Um, but yeah, we just had to geek out and fangirl for a hot second on all of that. Yeah. I I did put their podcast in our recommended mm-hmm. thing on Spotify. Great. So yeah. when this Check comes them out, out too. Uh, yeah. you can you can find them on Spotify. We want to talk about weed adjacent activities that we all dabble in that are oh yeah smoking. Some of my go tos have been like yoga studios, climbing gyms hiking or backpacking groups or just even meeting like friends through friends who like these are similar activities. That's sort of my list and my go-tos, especially when I have moved from like one place to another and, you know, you're trying to make friends in your late 20s, early 30s and you're like, what the hell do I do here? Why is this harder than um, even just like five years ago? Just recently, I went to Oktoberfest in Utah. And went with some of uh, my friends and asked who I know smoke weed to asked if they wanted uh, me to roll up something that had like some other smokable herbs like rose and lavender, like festivals like that where you're like outdoors because there's like a little band playing and we could just like light up and act- oh skate parks. Duh. Why don't you think about that? <laughs> yeah. Just go to a fucking skate park and then, yeah, you, there's everyone there smokes. Yeah. Um, I also thought about skiing. I have gotten back into skiing as an adult. I learned as a kid and then had to relearn when I bought my equipment like maybe five years ago. Um, but I found that smoking a little bit or taking a little bit of an edible before I go skiing really helps me. I'm a very high anxiety person in general and cannabis helps me control my anxiety. So 
I enjoy skiing when I'm a little bit buzzed. So if you if you found yourself anxious when you're trying to do any sort of physical activity, don't overdo it. But just a little bit might help yeah. you get out of your head and into your body. I love that that works for you, Meg. I just pictured myself going like straight up Bambi, like hitting a tree. Who knows what? That's why I don't drink like, light. Oh, <laughs> drinking and snowboarding is my favorite. <laughs> I mean, I would love to hear about like when you met your boyfriend. Um, do you guys talk about cannabis use? Did that kind of come organically? Like, how did you guys bridge that? Yeah. Gap? Which might be a funny question to ask because for Meg and I, and maybe Nick, it's similar for you, but like, we didn't really like get into weed until like later in our life and adulthood. Mm -hmm. And like, we were already in relationships. And so like, I feel like most people shouldn't like, don't really have to have that conversation. Yeah. Unless they're on mm -hmm. But yeah. But yeah, because it was like, smoking came hand in hand with like leaving religion right. it was a yeah. big it was a bigger conversation maybe than like most people have no I was gonna say I just feel like obviously I'm like that kind of stubborn person to that like anything that someone's super about I have like a natural aversion to just because <laughs> I like love to be on the I don't know I love to be stubborn I guess yeah I think I that's so that's a natural thing in relationships actually it's called the rubber band effect so like as one nice. person leans heavier into something, the other person pulls like on the rubber band and it, it can only last for so long. And so that either will like snap you guys together or, or it's or it like, yes, yeah, separates you. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's like a phenomenon. It's just how we are as humans. No, I was going to say it's just kind of like um, I was thinking about this the other day, too. It could be applied to like so many different things, even just like stuff around the house, like. Do you guys ever feel like you need to keep like a higher profile? <laughs> I'm going to clean up a, a, after myself a little bit more. I'm going to um, lean into this more or less depending on what, like it could be a partner or anyone you're spending time with because you're like keeping this, I don't, it's such a weird human thing of like keeping this natural state. It's like the natural agreement. I think that's what I want to call it is like, no, this is, and if you feel like if you slide off of it, someone might entirely fall off the wagon. Like sounds like, quote. to be honest, it sounds like a gender specific like feeling. Yeah. This feels like a a female like Ex phenomenon that we all, yeah, that we all yeah. fall into. That yeah. not just like keeping the house clean, but like being the rock, right? Like being everything sent. Like you keep everyone together like you yeah exactly mm -hmm. and so if you're not together then what's gonna happen like all hell is gonna break loose yeah. no one else is gonna keep it all together like how did you experience that in your partnership and being a mom too yeah it's funny because meg texted me before the show and was like are you actually gonna talk about this and it's <laughs> funny because it's like not a big deal to me anymore but it was a big deal in the moment and meg was kind of there for all of it so it was honestly pretty shitty um, so my husband and I, um, I got married almost six years ago. It'll probably be six years by the time this airs. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, biggest fucking achievement of our lives. I think he would say the same thing. So hard. Aww. Um, but yeah, so because like smoking was not a part of the predominant religion that we were a part of at the time, um, when I got married so when Mimi and I got married I left the church just before getting married because in Mormonism you like go through the temple which 
sounds as freaky as it sounds. And I just wanted nothing to do with that. And so he, it was kind of that rubber band effect again, where like he leaned heavier into the church and then I like leaned way the fuck out. Um, And it was very difficult because we were both raised in Mormonism that was strongly against substances like this. Um, We were even separated for probably like three months. We had to have like all these hard conversations about like, what beliefs do we believe now? Like, like if we wanted to stay married, he was going to have to be okay with this. And I was going to have to be okay with him like being inside the church. Which for me, it was just like, it's a matter of time. He'll probably leave anyways, which he did. He did eventually, he did eventually leave. It took, took a minute. Everyone's on their own path. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was pretty rough. I think what was hard for him when I was like, hey, I'm not doing the church thing, which came with like, I'm drinking and I'm smoking, um, was first the kids. I think in his mind is like, well, what are we going to do about the kids? Like, ha- like because he had such a a tainted opinion about substances I think in his mind he was going to teach I mean in his mind at that time he's going to teach our kids this so how do you raise children when like one believes very fundamentally something different yeah um I think a lot of his reaction was just like fear uh fear and like never actually questioning why he believes what he believes and so that put him on a path of like oh I have to like actually figure out if I believe this shit because if I don't then like me and Jess are good but if I do then like this isn't this isn't gonna work um but yeah it all worked out in the end we're thankful for that yes (laughs) yay for men doing the emotional labor honestly I was already kind of dabbling in cannabis when I met my current partner and he also was kind of getting into cannabis at the same time and we both we're raised Mormon and no longer practicing. So it's been fun to kind of explore that together as a couple and kind of yeah. exploring cannabis and getting into gummies and beverages and the different types of things and figure out what we like. And it's been something that's brought us closer together as a couple too. So that's been a fun thing to explore. Okay, we are segueing into our next segment on the podcast, which is Two Truths and a Lie. We do this game every time to try to break the stereotypes around weed. So uh, I will read you two truths and I, and you have to tell me which one it is, ladies. You ready? Ready. Mm-hmm. Ready. The first American flag was made by Betsy Ross, obviously, and it was made of industrial hemp. The oldest evidence of marijuana use dates back to 2,500 years ago. And then the last statement, potency is an important indicator of quality and safety in cannabis. Mm, what do we think, folks? Mm, that's a hard one. I should have like a timer. T, 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 T. All right. What's the lie? The lie is that potency is an important indicator of quality and safety. It actually has nothing to do with the quality and safety of your weed. Right. Um, Higher THC content isn't necessarily better either. I have a friend in Maine that likes to talk about potency being like, oh, man, this weed is like, way lower quality because look at how low the THC content is and that's just like not that's just not the case I know that might be the goal for some people so to them quality is like higher THC the higher the high but potency um is just one small factor that goes into quality so 
I think when we say quality or hear us say quality on the podcast, we're talking about like how much information you have about the cannabinoid profile of the strain that you're consuming and how it was grown and how controlled it was when it was growing. I found that even um, strains over 20% THC make me really anxious. And so as a person with anxiety and trying to use cannabis to control my anxiety, I've learned that I really don't smoke strains that go over 20% because it does the opposite of what I want it to do. So just learning that about your body and how your body interacts with THC is also really important. I was just going to, well, if, if that's related, go first, because this may take us on a little okay. bit of a tangent. Um, <laughs> I did smoke with my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is the best. She probably listens to this, actually. So yeah, everyone. loves <laughs> her. She's great. She's everyone's biggest fan. Um, I smoked with her a couple weeks ago, which is not an uncommon thing for us. Um, and she's, I think she was like, oh man, weed's a lot more potent nowadays <laughs> than it was in the seventies. And I do think there's truth to that. I think because yeah. we have the science now to have like more no like understanding of cannabinoid profiles, like we can boost up the THC and crossbreed stuff to be a lot stronger. Um, we did get a listener question. And if you have any questions about cannabis or things you want us to cover, please DM us on Instagram. Or funny story. Or funny stories about cannabis usage, bad trips, whatever you want to share. Um, we got our first question. Do you guys consume ganja before your episodes? I would also love to hear about your individual rituals surrounding weed if you feel comfortable sharing. Before a podcast episode, um, a little like a little gummy or a little half gummy, something higher. Like I think what my sweet spot is, is like, Something that has double the amount of CBD as it does THC in it yep. will like level me out and it will be the perfect little just, yeah, kind of like pick me up. It won't play on the anxiety part of things and um, it'll kind of just get me into the groove a little bit. I think I love that she uses the word ritual because more than anything, just like jamming out to some music also needs to happen before yes. we hop on these. Music sounds so much better when you're a little stoned. That is true. <laughs> I can also hear the craziest shit. I was right. on my porch last night mm -hmm. and I was like, how did like, I hear? All, yeah. How do I hear? Like, I'm I can hear like on. the refrigerator humming and I'm looking around like, what's that? And it's so <laughs> cool. It's the cicadas. Don't, don't let it work. <laughs> it's Nikki <laughs> so flying cool. her way over here. On rituals, I tend to smoke a little bit or take a little bit of a gummy before I journal and do like manifestation stuff. Um, and I find that helps me kind of get my ego out of the way and just let my imagination kind of run wild on like my wildest dreams so I can kind of get to the heart of like what I'm feeling and thinking. Um, and I think that's a really cool way that cannabis can help you kind of open your mind and be a little more introspective. Yeah. Ooh, that's so beautiful, Meg. Yeah, I was thinking about like smoking and stretching, right? Yeah, yes, I that's like mine. Helps your body relax. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You go go for it and talk about that. No, that. that must be a thing though. Like I, that must definitely be a thing. Like I think cannabis helps me with my mind to body connection. So I'm, my therapist told me like, you're super dissociated from your body. And I don't know why that's a surprise to me, but it was a surprise to me. So you've been through in the last couple of years, your body, I think that makes a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think all of us are maybe in, in to some degree. Yeah. But so when I, I smoke um, every night um, and then stretch in my bedroom and it is like I started doing that when I was during my last pregnancy because it, I was just always in so much pain. Um, and it's kind of crazy. Like my ritual will be to like get my foam roller out. 
and I'll just have like a show on or something. I'll start rolling out my muscles and I can like tell where certain trauma and certain memories are stored and I can work on it and release it. That's beautiful too. Yeah, I think there's just something about like, I don't know if y'all have any reoccurring like pings or like body pains or whatever, but um, I love that you were talking about like paying attention to where it's focused in the body too. Yeah. And it's just like, there's something about... um just a low dose of CBD, THC mix, like, or a hybrid, like smoking a hybrid that just helps, like, the lower back pain that I know I'm so acutely aware of is sitting in my low back, um, kind of just, like, disappears and you sort of melt into yourself. And, um, yeah, then you get to work on some of those things, like, stretch yeah. deeper and in ways that would like honestly kind of hurt if <laughs> I was straight up sober. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is it with <laughs> us women in our lower back it's, pain? It's a female thing. Yeah. A lot of females have SI joint dysfunction. That's oh, what it is actually. Yeah. Cool. yeah. It's just because of our pelvises and huh. where we hold our stress. If you have questions that you'd like us to answer on the pod, um, you can send us a voice note on, uh, on Spotify. Yes. Yes. So uh, th there's a little button that says like send voice message. Very cool. You can send us your like funny stories or your questions and then just tell us if you want to be anonymous or not. Because if you don't say it, we're going to say your name. Yeah. Because we want you to feel special. <laughs> um, we also have our Instagram where you can come chat with us on there. Um, and find funny cannabis content. Yes. At Hazy Girls Pod. And if you love the podcast or like our first couple of episodes, please rate us on Apple and YouTube and Spotify. I'd really appreciate that. And that helps us reach more people as our podcast is starting to grow. Yeah, absolutely. We also got our email address set up this week. So questions, comments, want to gas our asses up because we <laughs> love that shit. The email is hi at hazycana.com. Yes, that's H-I-G-H, hi at hazycana.com. Wink, wink. So until next time, stay high-minded and kind of curious, lovers and friends. Thanks, Hazy Girls. We'll meet you next time. Mm -hmm.